Thank you, Andy. And uh, I'm glad that uh, the Lord has been good to all of us. And we are here uh, this morning for a good reason. And I hope that uh, the Lord will use me uh, in our midst uh, just to remind you of what the Word of God is telling us. And hopefully it will also bring us uh, even closer to Him. And uh, But before uh, uh, I'll share uh, the Word of God, let, uh, let's uh, open our Bibles to the book of Philippians. And we'll just uh, read to you uh, some uh, few choice verses. I want that to uh, start reading on Philippians 1, 21. Paul said, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And let's jump to chapter 3 of the same book. And let me just read from verse 1 until verse 11. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have risen for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has risen for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss, everything as loss, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ. And be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith, in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and that may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Now you know that uh, Paul has, has been used by the Lord greatly as we read uh, in the New Testament, and we know that Paul, uh, with his devotion and commitment to the Lord, he was willing to give himself to the Lord. Many times uh, I look at myself and say to myself, I cannot be like Paul. Paul had been used greatly in the numbers of people that he met. He traveled three times, and people came to know the Lord Jesus Christ through the ministry. 
I look myself more probably as a Barnabas. Barnabas spent his time, as we know from the scriptures, with few people. In fact, we know about uh, his cousin, John Mark. But through Barnabas giving his life to John Mark, we know what happened to John Mark years after. God used John Mark greatly, even to the life of Paul, who one time didn't want John Mark to be a part of his ministry. And John Mark wrote the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, as he was also involved in the life of Peter. And through Peter, John Mark knew more about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you and I, uh, one day in our lives, made a decision to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. Now many times, from what I learned from a few of my friends, when they came to know the Lord, they accepted Him as Savior. The emphasis at that time was more really of Jesus Christ as the Savior. As the gospel of God was shared to them, they know, they know that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. His work of salvation was portrayed very clearly. But oftentimes as we go through initially in our Christian life, we don't know much who he was. We know more about his work of salvation. But many times some people do not know who he was. Romans 10, 9 and 10 clearly says that, it says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Now I learned that as I work with few people, as they grow up in the Christian life, many times we need to then realize and know that Jesus Christ is our Lord. And what is it to make him as our Lord? When you acknowledge Jesus Christ, who he is in your life, and what he did at the cross of Calvary, you, I believe, has a good and healthy start in the Christian life. Because as we came to know him, we have to acknowledge who he was, that he was God, that he was the Lord, he was the King of Kings, and that he was also our Savior. Now, when Jesus Christ was ministering to the crowds and personally and intimately with his disciples, his first goal for them was to know him. Now, many times Jesus Christ 
showed himself who he was. And there are times that Jesus Christ made a comment, men of little faith. No, it didn't come so fast for the disciples to really know who he was. He wanted to know who he was as sent by the Father, as the only Son of God, and of the Gospels of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew, we can find that Jesus Christ was emphasized by the writer as the King and the Messiah. In fact, from my own studies, in the book of Matthew, that Matthew has quoted lots of Old Testament verses or prophecy that Jesus Christ had fulfilled. Paul, in his conversion, acknowledged the very Lordship of Christ that had been a very glaring manifestation of his life. That's why Paul said, I, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. For me to live is Christ. And many verses of Paul had explained to him why he made that statement, for me to live is Christ. But in Galatians 2.20, he clearly said that, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul realized that when he came and received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he does not belong to himself anymore. Why? Because Jesus Christ boot him with his price, the price of his blood. The Lord Jesus Christ shed his blood for him. Paul, in his writings, considered himself as the bond servant. He was both, and he doesn't belong to himself anymore, but to the master. And the master is the Lord Jesus Christ. His life is under the control of Christ. And his ultimate aim then was to glorify the Lord and to do his will. As I grew in my own Christian life, I find myself learning how to really make the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord. There were times that I can easily give few areas of my life to the Lord Jesus Christ, but not all of them. I want to be my own man. I want to make my own decision, but now I found out as I live through life that Jesus Christ, if he has to be the Lord of my life, he has to be the Lord of all areas of my life. As I look at my life, what kind of area, what areas in my life that I have not really been given to the Lord one time, I thought that I don't need the Lord Jesus Christ what I want to be. I don't want the 
I don't need the Lord Jesus Christ who will be my wife. I can make that as my own decision. But the more I knew him, the more I found out that I have to give myself to him. That he has to be the Lord in that particular area of my life, my profession, and even my married life. Now, oftentimes, many Christians live their lives with Jesus Christ being their Lord as a part, a component in their lives, but they never really put where Jesus Christ should be, that Jesus Christ should be the center of our lives. That's why Paul said, I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Jesus Christ should be the Lord, and Jesus Christ should be sitting the throne of my heart. It's not me. At the same time, also Paul acknowledges that he was saved, not by the works of the law, but by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Paul said, you know, by the works of the law, no, I'm blameless. But he found himself that he can only be saved not by his own work, not by his own goodness, but he can only be saved through the work of Jesus Christ, the cross of Calvary. Salvation was given to us by grace, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. When it is for me to live is Christ, Paul is also acknowledging that his priorities in his life had been radically transformed. That's why in chapter 3, Paul mentioned to us that anything that the world can claim who they are, anything that the world can claim what their credentials are, he said, no, all those things were nothing. In fact, first he said, Look at my heritage. I belong to the chosen people. I belong to the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. And in fact, he claimed that, you know, being an Israelite, that should be a privilege for me. But he found out that, yes, being an Israelite doesn't mean that he is saved. He might belong to the chosen people, but he still needed Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And Christ being his Lord and his Savior, he found out that his heritage doesn't really do anything much more. He said that it's a benefit of being an Israelite. And about his vocation, he became a Pharisee. No, he was tutored under the feet of Gamaliel. No, Gamaliel was the most respected Pharisee in his time. In our days, we may say that, yeah, I went to Harvard. 
and I get the best education. And that's what Paul had. He got the best education of becoming a Pharisee through Gamaliel. He was a strict adherent of the law. That's why he said, as to the law, he was righteous. He was blameless. No, he was just like that rich young ruler when the Jesus Christ meet. Jesus, he was asking the Lord Jesus Christ, how can I be saved? How can I go to heaven? Jesus Christ told him some parts of the law. And he said, no, I have done this since I was a child. But Paul realized that righteousness according to the law is not enough for him to be saved. It is only through the righteousness that you can find in the work of Christ at Calvary. Paul was a zealous follower of his religion. He was willing to kill and die for his faith. For him, it was the highest and ultimate way to serve God to the point that he went against the Lord Jesus Christ because he thought that he was doing what was right. He said that all of those, all those credentials, they were nothing. He said, whatever gain I had, I counted them as loss. ESV says that they were rubbish. In some translations, um, they describe it as dung. What is a dung? No, it's useless part. And that's how Paul considered what he had accomplished before knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. They were nothing. His goal in life after that transformation through Christ was to know Christ more and more. Philippians 13, he said that I may know him. First, he went to Jesus Christ as his Lord. It is more than the intellectual comprehension on who Christ is, but knowing Christ as Lord, it should be a living and growing relationship with Christ. As we grow in Christ, our perspective of the world changes. Our outlook will become more godly and Christ-like. And as you read through the scriptures, in the writings of Paul, you can find how his perspectives were changed. Now, many times you and I can look at the world as the world look at it. Romans 12 says, be transformed by renewal of your mind. Because we have to look at the world from the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ. For Paul to know him is to leave his life closer and dependent on Jesus Christ. 
Why? For apart from him, there is nothing, and you cannot do anything that have of eternal value. In other words, without Christ, whatever you do, you leave it with you. Here, you leave it here, and you'll never be able to bring it with you. But when you do anything for Christ, it has its eternal benefits. And that's why Paul, after his conversion, was willing to give himself to what the Lord has called him, knowing that his life will mean something. That's why Paul said, no, I would rather be with him, but for your sake, I'll leave. To know Christ is to abide in him. He's the source of our existence, our purpose, and our fruitfulness. In fact, let us open our Bibles to the book of John. John chapter 15. And let me just read to you some of the verses. And this is what Jesus Christ uh, told the disciples. John 15 from verse 1 until 11. I am the vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear fruit, much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father had loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Yes, abiding in Christ is not only necessary, but we should be. Why? Because Christ said, without me you can do nothing. To know Christ is to grow in Him. Your life, conduct, and relationships are and should be Christ-centered. We are transformed into His image from one degree of glory to another, not by own strength, but by the divine power that raised Christ from the dead. 
That's why Paul said in Colossians 2.6 that you and I should stay with Christ and grow in Christ. Build up and strengthen in Christ. And to know Christ is to imitate him. Paul had always been challenging the believers to imitate him as he imitated, imitated Christ. And oftentimes, you know, we don't want to use the word imitate me. Why? Because we always find ourselves in many ways sometimes not really at power with what the Lord Jesus Christ had challenged us. But if you go to Philippians 3.17, this is what Paul said, Brother, join in imitating me, and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Imitated as Paul has challenged them. And in fact, if you go to chapter 4, verse 9, Paul even went even to more detailed on how you can imitate, imitate him. This is what he said, what you have learned and what you received and heard and seen in me. What? Practice these things. The God of peace will be with you. Paul was a disciple maker. And being a disciple maker, he wants the disciples to look at his life and follow his example. To the point that he said, what you have learned, received, heard, and seen in me. How transparent are we as Christ followers? Paul was not a perfect individual. No. He had lots of flaws. But at the same time, he knew that as God's child, he knew that as God's chosen, he knew that his life can be given to others, just as the Lord Jesus Christ gave himself to others. Do we like to use the word Christian? Although right now, a Christian, being, a, being a Christian, and the word Christian itself has been um, more nominal than what it should be. When you think of uh, Christians, we always think that we are little Christ. Okay, so in other words, you and I should be manifesting the very character of Christ. And Paul said, I imitated Christ, and I'm going to challenge you to imitate me as I have imitated 
And Paul wants to know the power of the resurrection of Christ. One Bible student says, There is no one truth that will have greater power over us when properly believed than the truth that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. His resurrection confirms the truth of Christianity. The fact that Christ has risen from the dead when fully believed will produce a sure hope that we also shall be raised and will animate us to bear trials for his sake with the assurance that we shall be raised up as he was. First Corinthians chapter 15, Paul said that without Christ being restricted, what? Our faith meant nothing. Thus Paul said that I want to know him. I want to experience the very power of his restriction. And Paul identified himself with Christ in his suffering. We know that before the church at Philippi was uh, established, Paul was in that place, and he suffered. He was beaten up. He was put in jail. But while in jail, I mean, happily, he and Silas were singing. And through them, the jailer came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And with Lydia, the purple sailor, he started the church in Philippi. Then ten years after Paul wrote this letter, the Philippians, fully knowing what happened and how he suffered. That's why Paul said, challenge and challenge them that you know what? I want not only to know Christ, but I want to share his resurrection and his suffering. Now you and I are here in the States. We may say that we, I don't think we'll ever suffer just like Paul has suffered. But nowadays it seems like this is my own personal uh, feeling. It seems like being a Christian now is not something that you can just claim so lightly now. There are some people who try to write history, U.S. history, that after all, this nation was not established or was not founded with the Judeo-Christian principles. And even the constitution of this country has also been also questioned. And I hope that we will come to a point that being a Christian will be ridiculed. But at the same time, it will happen. I hope that you and I We'll have the same attitude that Paul had. Because in Philippians uh, 1.29 he said, 
for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Paul was willing to live his life, even knowing that he will be suffering, and knowing that he may die because of his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's my challenge this morning for all of us. Look at that verse again. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And I'm more concerned what it is to really live for Christ now. Let's look at our own lives. If you have to measure yourself how real Jesus Christ is in your life, how would you measure yourself? You say that I want to be like Christ. When you say, I want to be like Christ, what do you see in Christ that you want to be seen like him? And if you look at those things, ask yourself, how far am I becoming like Christ? How about being Christ-like in our relationship with each other as God's children? Christ said, by this, you know that you are my disciples if you have loved for one another. How about in our own families? As fathers, how do we treat our wives, our children, our relatives? How about our friends who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ yet? How do they perceive you? Do they perceive you as a man who is good and nice? Have they ever known you as somebody who has changed and transformed by the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, many times we can show who we are by our behavior, but many times we need to express who we are with our mouth. That's why in Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For the heart, of, for the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and he's saved. Now we are called to make disciples. But first I want us to look at ourselves. Am I a disciple? Because only a disciple can produce a disciple.
I'm hoping that you and I will live closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. Close enough that Jesus Christ can be seen in us. Close enough that people will be attracted to us. And we can share to them the very gospel of love. And help them grow. And then we'll be growing together as God's children. For to me, to live is Christ. To die is gain. Let's pray. Father, I don't know if I have conveyed clearly your word this morning. But Lord, I am assured that your word will never return empty and void, that your word will fulfill your purpose. Lord, I do pray. That we learn the very meaning of the word that Paul said for me to live as Christ and to die as Cain. Lord, one said that the dying is not difficult, but it's the living for you. It's a big challenge for many of us. But I do pray that may you cover us with your word. Saturate us with your word that our lives will be changed or transformed from one degree to another until the day will come that we will be as perfect as you are. But I do pray that Christ will be manifested through us. And I do pray that may our lives will count. That may I, through us, that may our lives will be the reason why others come to know you. Others came to not only know you, but grew in the relationship with you. Lord, I pray that by your power and by your strength, through us, Christ will be manifested, shared, and be real in other people's lives also. Lord, thank you for this time. This is your name. Amen.